1: What a time in the world of sports and what a Monday we have in store for you right here on the morning after on sports grid Sirius XM channel 159 the home for sports grid radio on Sirius XM and all across the sports grid network I am Ben Stevens the NCAA tournament bracket is set all teams in the field of 68 begin the big dance with the same goal to be the last team standing cutting down the nets as a national champion three weeks from tonight we give you all the individual ga- game spreads and totals you need to know we look at how the future market has moved because there has been crazy moves since just last night we tried to make sense of the madness here on a monday on tma and it must truly be the month of march because there is madness around madness including tom brady unretiring and coming back for his 23rd year in the NFL. Oh, yeah, that happened last night on Selection Sunday as well. Helping me make sense of this madness, I hope it is Donnie Wrightside. DRS, Donnie Seymour joining us here on a Monday for the opening hour of TMA. DRS, you're watching the selection show. You're breaking down the 5 12 matchup you love the most. You're looking at who's making a run to the final four. And then Tom Brady says, hey, I don't like spending time with my family. I need to come back and play in the NFL for another year at the tender age of 45 years old. DRS, what was your first thought when you saw this tweet last night from Tom? That Tom Bray doesn't like kids of
2: any age. Doesn't like his own kids. Doesn't like the college <laughs> basketball kids. Doesn't like anything. Just wants a spotlight for himself. Let the kids get their shine here in March. Man, this Tom what are you doing out here? But I do love him coming
1: back to the NFL. I can't hate on that. I mean, DRS, I was frankly mad at Tom. I found it rather selfish that we work all year for Selection Sunday. If you love college basketball as much as DRS and I do, and you're trying to look at your early leans for the bracket, the numbers that are posted an opening spread that maybe you can take advantage of. And then Tom Brady does that about an hour after the bracket was released. Yeah, a little bit frustrating. But we saw market movement based on how the bracket was revealed in the field of 68 for the big dance. We also saw tons of market movement DRS after Tom Brady announced he is coming back for his 23rd NFL campaign. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday around 6 p.m. Eastern time on a Sunday, 22 to 1 to win next year's Super Bowl. Now take a look at that board. Plus 750 tied for the second best price alongside the Green Bay Packers, who also shot up the board last week after it was confirmed that Aaron Rodgers, another number 12, will be back as the quarterback for the Packers. So DRS, anytime somebody like Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson in a blockbuster trade or, yes, Tom Brady coming back for his 23rd NFL season, the market moves and it moves like crazy.
2: It, it certainly does. And you know what the interesting part about this was is because, you know, we're football fans, right, overall. So he comes back, oh, that's interesting. You have to sort of, and I don't not feel for the right word for Aaron Rodgers here because his path to victory was looking oh. so sensational, Ben, just last week. And now you get a change. And who knows, maybe the Sean Watson coming to the same division to match up against Tom Brady and then maybe even factoring in the play Aaron Rodgers late. So one of those you know loud noises that you heard from Appleton, Wisconsin, that was Aaron Rodgers. Just throwing footballs through his drywall last night when Tom Brady announced he was coming back.
1: DRS, Aaron Rodgers probably making plans to go to Milwaukee on Friday afternoon for Wisconsin's NCAA tournament opener against Colgate. And then all of a sudden, Tom Brady announces he is coming back for another year in the NFL. A hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. A wild Monday just underway here. On the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. He is DRS, Donnie Wrightside. We are here for the opening hour of TMA, and then we bring you until noon Eastern time. We will give you our bracket breakdown in just moments. We will look at the Cinderella runs that might be on the table. We will look at the number one seeds and who has the best path to a final four potential national championship appearance. But first, of course, we begin with the huge breaking news last night on a Sunday evening. Tom Brady returning for his 23rd year in the NFL unretiring. said Tom Brady. So DRS, we just talked about the movement in the Super Bowl market plus 750 the same price yeah. as the Green Bay Packers. That is the case now for the Bucks and the pack in the entire futures marketplace. As it currently stands on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Green Bay minus 220 to win the NFC North. Tampa Bay minus 220 to win the NFC South. Green Bay plus 350 as one of the co-favorites to win the NFC Championship. Oh yeah, Tampa Bay plus 350 as the other co-favorite to win the NFC Championship. You mentioned it, DRS. Aaron Rodgers probably not thrilled with this news last night. It complicates the NFC a little bit for the front runners. But as we can see, it's Green Bay and Tampa Bay leading the way. Maybe let's not forget about Los Angeles, the reigning Super Bowl champions.
2: No, certainly not. The NFC West is going to be a crazy good conference, a crazy good division next year. So if we're thinking about Aaron Rodgers whipping through that you know, NFC North and getting that top number one overall seed, that's half the battle here, even though he's had that before. But it certainly makes the pathway a little bit easier. But now also taking a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady back. If nobody else makes any quarterback changes in that division, you might look at Tampa Bay be the number one overall seed in the NFC because who the heck do they have to play next year if no changes at quarterback are made?
1: Minus 220 now in the NFC South, but could some movement be coming to the NFC? Tom announcing this last night as the legal tampering period across the National Football League begins today ahead of free agency in just a few days as well. The frenzy is going to begin in the NFL. We got tremendous amounts of breaking news from the Shield last week. I expect plenty more of the same in the next coming days, and we'll have you covered here on the morning after. All right, it was Selection Sunday. Let's get to the bracket already for the big dance. That's it.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Around Christmas time in the holidays, they'll sing the song It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I feel that's the case right now for the madness in the month of March. The NCAA tournament field of sixty-eight is set, and we get you ready for everything you need to know for the big dance right here, right now, on a Monday morning, on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 159 and all over the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens alongside Donny Wrightside for the opening hour of tma and to get you set for the madness as we try to make sense of it all we do that in the best place possible the zone zone. all right so let's look at the bracket overall the field of 68 of course the first four games tomorrow night and wednesday night in dayton ohio that will cipher out the opening round that begins on thursday in the afternoon for the NCAA tournament so DRS as you're looking across the bracket yesterday the selection show got right to the jump which we appreciate the reveal on the one seeds they're looking at everything Gonzaga the number one overall seed Arizona on that one line as well as is Kansas and Baylor what were your initial takeaways from as the bracket was getting revealed yesterday you can start right at the top with Gonzaga, and this is the reason why, Ben, you play a regular
2: season and why it's meaningful. So you can get the top overall seed and particularly your pathway mm. should be the least resistance here in towards getting to a Final Four, and I think Gonzaga has that here. First-round matchup should be doable here. Now, you do get maybe a talented Memphis team if they can survive outside of Boise State, but after that, you no, know, maybe UConn, Arkansas, and then you meet up with possibility of Duke, who seemingly underachieving as of late, or a Texas Tech team. My first initial takeaway, Ben, was gonzaga has a great chance to cash in and get their first national championship here in this one now there's a lot of interesting brackets that we're going to go over but from very first i'm like you know what you got the number one over a seed don't put too many pathways where they can't get there i think gonzaga's got a legitimate chance to win it this year i
1: do gonzaga the number one seed in that west region so as we continue to cipher through this bracket and as it was laid out yesterday maybe because of that path that drs just mentioned the gonzaga bulldogs actually had their short price to win a national championship get even shorter after the bracket was revealed last night. Gonzaga has been the favorite all year long, with an incredibly short number relative to the rest of the field for the Madness in the month of March. It was plus 380 entering the selection show. Right now, it is plus 300 on the FanDuel Sportsbook, with the Zags being the short favorite to win the national championship drs as you look at that one line arizona the second overall number one seed you have kansas as a one seed as well baylor the one seed in the east region of those regions and as those one seeds lay out which stands out to you the most
2: I'll tell you what stands out the most here is that East region here. Now, some people say, hey, I like to watch NASCAR, and eh, a good crash or two in there spices things up. If you like crashes and you like traffic and you like rubbernecking on highways, Mm -hmm. that is going to be the Eastern bracket because I'm looking at Mm -hmm. so many teams, Ben, with a legitimate chance to get to a Final Four. And Kevin and I talked about it on the early line. If you're going to have just one side of the bracket or just a region and you want to pick upsets and underdogs, have at it in the East because that's where your pool is going to be won here, Ben.
1: Yeah absolutely so and take a look at that East region the gauntlet that we know Baylor the number one seed Kentucky the number two seed in this region DRS but what stands out to me when you look at the national title odds right now Kentucky might be that forgotten team that we're not discussing enough because the Wildcats have the third best price at plus 850 to win the national championship a dollar of movement actually against Kentucky based on the bracket reveal yesterday, but you'll see it right there. Kentucky has a shorter number to win the national championship than the one seed in the East region, the Baylor Bears, the reigning national champs. So Baylor, Kentucky, the three seed is Purdue, who has been one of the favorites all year long, and now 16-1 to to win the Natty, and of course, let's not forget UCLA. Pretty much the same exact core in place as the team that made the run to the final four last year the east region is a gauntlet donnie i also look at that south region and i think it's rather fascinating when you have arizona who is my pick right now to win the national championship in that plus 600 price because we saw movement on gonzaga's number from plus 380 now down to the shortest price all year long we have seen for any team to win a national championship at three to one It's double the value right now on Arizona at plus 600. So DRS, as we start to put the bracket together and as we evaluate the futures market for making a run to the final four or cutting down the nets as a national champion, could you also maybe understand that Arizona, Kentucky, Baylor, other teams behind Gonzaga because of how short the number is on the Zags maybe present a ton of value in the national championship marketplace?
2: No, there is a lot of value, and that's the best part about this because even when you're coming into the tournament, you could say like, okay, let's take a look at the FanDuel sports odds right now, right? Gonzaga plus 300 here, Arizona 6-1. to Kentucky you know still under 10 to 1 then Baylor 10 to 1 here there's a lot of teams that are stacked up and with legitimate chances to win a national championship which is fantastic because if you are the casual better this is what you love if you're the guy who just says you know what March Madness I love it. it's my favorite time of year then I'm going to rip all five or six brackets here maybe pace a couple long futures wagers you can actually cash that ticket in this year because more than less I, ag- I actually agree with you here Arizona is the number one team here I've clicked on a couple of my things where you're going to line up Gonzaga and Arizona against each other I think it makes a lot of sense because the pack 12 bytes which i have I joke about, hey, like, I'm an old guy. I'm in bed by like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Very rarely do I watch any UCLA basketball, Arizona basketball out there, but they're a very good ball club that could run through here. Also, real quickly here in the South region, if you like defense, you know, we used to talk about the SEC defense. Oh, it's so good out here. Villanova yeah. maybe playing going up against Loyola of Chicago, then going up against Tennessee. I mean, you want to talk mm. about slower paces and totals, Ben, Big Ten football totals,
1: you're going to get that in the South region. Tennessee in that South region as the number three seed, one of the hottest teams in all of college basketball. They have won seven straight games on their run to winning the SEC tournament title. They have won 12 of their last 13, 15 of their last uh, 18 games as well, covering in five of their last seven. For the Tennessee Volunteers and one of the best defenses in the country, as DRS mentioned, a reason the Vols have played six unders in their last nine games. The Tennessee Volunteers actually at plus 600, plus 950 to make the Final Four just two weeks ago, now 6-1 to one to make the Final Four. Let's go to the South Region DRS and talk the idea of upset specials because that's what we love in the madness in the classic upset special is a five seed against a 12 seed maybe it's a chalky public approach but i look at that 5-12 matchup in the south and i am already salivating uab the blazers out of the sunbelt taken on houston or excuse me conference ua usa is where uab plays out of taking on Houston and that line DRS already working in UAB's favor. It opened at 9 last night. It's 8.5 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. UAB this year, a perfect 3-0 and against the number when booked as an underdog. That's one that stands out to me. Where else on the board might you see an upset special laying out in the wake?
2: You know, it's interesting about that you bring that up, Ben. Just a little food for thought there. Houston UAB, it's one of those where the, uh, the analytics guys versus the average guys go up against you because analytics loves Houston in that five spot against UAB. But if you're just looking to do the eye test, it makes a lot of sense where one of these teams can push forward here. But I got to tell you, if we're looking... Now, Ben, is this just in the South or is this in the overall brackets that we're looking at?
1: DRS, give me anything you like from an upset special perspective. Virginia Tech, I'm telling you right now, Mm. Virginia Tech. Now, they
2: are going to go through a murderer's row if they need to make it through here. But I look at a spicy, spicy plus, or excuse me, 170 to one ticket on Virginia Tech winning the national championship. Doesn't get any spicier here on a Monday. People are waking up right now, Ben, going like, whoa, what was that right there? Yes, VTech, baby.
1: Yeah, listen to DRS because Virginia Tech on a very hot run right now on their way to an ACC tourney title. If it's about playing your best basketball in the month of March, then the Hokies have figured something out. And when you look at that Texas team DRS, I love the spot. The line opened in the Longhorns' favor at two points. It's now down to just one. And Texas has not covered in six straight games to end out their season heading into March Madness. More from the bracket up next here on The Morning App.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: This time of year, we all try to do one thing and one thing only. To the best of our abilities, make sense of the madness as we get ready for the NCAA tournament. The first four games begin tomorrow night and then into Wednesday in Dayton, Ohio. The opening round is on St. Patrick's Day, Thursday. Talk about a great time to be in love with college basketball. We are here on the morning after and across the spiz grids. I am Ben Stevens, he is Donnie Rightside, side. And right now we try to make a little bit of sense around the madness that we can expect over the next three weeks until we decide a national champion in men's basketball. So DRS, let's begin with what we are coining your triple threat. A team to keep an eye on that might make some noise here. In the month of march a cinderella story possibility that will pull upsets along the way and we'll also look out for a game that stands out in some of those opening rounds of the ncaa tournament so drs it's a game we already discussed with a team you already brought up i love the blazers getting eight and a half hmm. points against houston in that opening round In the South region, I'm not saying UAB is going to pull the upset outright, but I love the points right now on UAB. You feel differently about those Houston Cougars. Yeah, I like the Houston Cougars. I like the Houston Cougars
2: in this tournament. Obviously, if I like them in the tournament, I like them in the first game here, but I think they match up well, and it's one of those teams, Ben. Like you, Even though we talk about it at a higher level, right? Arizona. It's a supremely talented team, but maybe half of the country doesn't get to watch them that much. And if you're Houston in the American Conference, maybe you're saying to yourself, like, hey, That's an okay conference, and whoever comes out of there, they'll maybe win a game or two, and that would be it, and that would be happy to go home with two wins here. I don't see that as the case here because when you take a look at a team, I want them playing their best basketball. Also, I like teams that have overcome demons during the regular season. Houston was a great regular season team. Lost to Wisconsin 65-63, lost to Alabama 83-82 before losing to SMU. Back-to-back losses to end the season. Not games-wise, but just against a certain team in Memphis. They exercise those demons by blowing Memphis off the court, 71-53. to I like momentum heading in, and it's one of those teams where you might overlook, and I agree with you, the 12-5 line every single year, Ben and March Madness, that's where people go for the upset line. Why? Because history tells us so. But in this one... I think Houston can pick up that victory and then probably heading on to play Illinois sensational matchup in round 2 but I like those
1: Houston Cougars and by the way Ben 40 to 1 price here to cut down the nets spicy mm. DRS also six to one to make the final four. They were one step away from making the final four Mm. a season ago as they reached the elite eight. Some roster changeup from that team last year, but the same principles in place for Kelvin Sampson and company. They are going to defend the crap out of the basketball and make Uh you beat them. Houston now plus 600 to make the final four. As I mentioned, plus 950 just shy of two weeks ago. Now that the bracket has been set. The market has begun to move the team that I am focusing on actually has seen no movement in their price to make the final four. It's a price I already jumped in on about a month ago. The Texas Tech Red Raiders at plus 550 to reach the final four. The Texas Tech Red Raiders with the most efficient defense in all of college basketball entering the big dance in the three seed. In the West region. Now, the reason that I love that price at plus 550 DRS is this idea of value and then maybe some hedging and money line opportunities later on in the big dance. It might not be about cashing that ticket, it's about providing profitability throughout your run in the month of March, even if your bracket gets busted pretty early on. Now, Texas Tech is the three seed in the West. Of course, the number one seed in the west is the number one overall seed being the gonzaga bulldogs but i don't mind texas tech's path through the bottom half of the west region i am not intimidated by duke at the moment i think duke has some flaws that we have seen and i would rely on texas tech's most efficient defense in the country also texas tech who struggled to cover numbers at the end of the regular season through the middle part of january into february texas tech had covered in 10 of their last 11 games it was a reason the red raiders had the best cover percentage in high major conference college basketball until the month of march but i still like texas tech right now in that bottom half of the west region because if they get to an Elite Eight showdown in the West Regional against the Gonzaga Bulldogs. DRS, I've already cashed money right there with a plus 550 ticket in my pocket.
2: You brought up two really good things here, Ben, when looking to advance in March Madness and certainly being profitable in March Madness. Number one, defense travels. It's the same as football. It's the same as going to be in college basketball. Also keep in mind, some of these teams that are great three-point shooting teams or rely on ultra-efficient offenses, those eye planes change. What I mean by that is when you're playing in some of these regionals and some of these Final Fours and certainly the championship game, obviously the Final Four and the championship are in the same building, you're looking at what I call aircraft carriers. Imagine this. When you go to an NFL stadium, I don't know, just like Lucas Royal Stadium, and you put a football field, hey, look how big this place is. Imagine that football field and just putting a basketball court in the middle of that football field and how tiny it looks down there. It's the same thing for the shooters where you used to have that backdrop where the crowd is very close to you. Now you're playing in 90,000-seat domes, so that's going to be off. So I like to lean on defense. And number two, one of the common mm. misconceptions here out of people that are betting in March Madness is you have to pick a ticket that you know is going to win it. Hey, Gonzaga, 3-1. to one. I get that here. But if you're looking to move back, 40 to ones, 50 to ones, and 60 to ones. It's not actually about winning the national championship. It would be sensational to cash that ticket. It's about making sure that 40, 50, or 60 to one turns you a profit after winning two or three games here, and you can use that to your advantage. I always like to bring that up because some people say, Hey, Ben, I had no shot 60 to one. Ha ha,
1: you wasted your money. No, you didn't. Use that to your advantage. Right. Absolutely so, DRS. All right, let's go to our Cinderella teams, a team that might wear that glass slipper deep into the March Madness so as we look around you mentioned this team already Virginia Tech only getting one point now against Texas in their opening round Virginia Tech who won the ACC tournament title and is playing their best basketball of the year Virginia Tech under Mike Young who has some experience in the NCAA tourney being an underdog team. He was the head coach of Wofford who made a run in the big dance a couple of years back and his best player is Storm Murphy who transferred from Wofford now plays mm-hmm. for VaTech. what stands out most to you DRS about that Cinderella possibility for the Hokies.
2: Here's what you need for Cinderella's like you need a team that's playing good basketball going out winning the ACC tournament. There, beating Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina and Duke on their way here. Also, Cinderella teams for me need to be elite three point shooting teams, because if you get hot, it almost doesn't matter what the other team is doing. So they're number three in the country, almost 40 percent as a team from three point range. Now, here's why they're a Cinderella pretty good ball club here, but look at this gauntlet and why we're taking a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook at basically 175-1 to ticket here. You're going to line up in game one against Texas, who's the sixth seed. You win that, you're probably going to get Purdue. You win that, you're probably going to get Kentucky. And if you win that, you're probably getting Baylor on top of it. It's an astronomical astronomical number, but it is for a reason. But as I said, if you can play a little bit of defense, maybe slow the tempo down and make your three-point shots, you're going to be in it with anybody. That's why I wanted to take that deep Cinderella shot with a massive price to see if Ben,
1: I can win two games and flip this ticket into a nice profit i'm not sure virginia tech makes the deepest run but you best believe i am going in on va tech in that opening round game against texas a short one point spread a low over under of 124 and a half right now because the longhorns play defense but the offense has not been all that great at times this year for texas in the opening year of chris beard's tenure in austin they have not covered that being texas in their last six games entering the fray for the big dance. A Cinderella team that I have an eye on, DRS, happens to be back in that West region. Now, the common idea is the 5 12 matchup is where you get the double seeded upsets. In the last couple of years, in fact, in the last three NCAA tournaments, last year in 2021, the 2019 Big Dance, and then the 2018 NCAA tournament, we have seen five 13 seeds upset a number four seed so maybe that 13-4 line is where we look this year and in the west region my eye is squarely on the vermont catamounts against arkansas mm. who was a team drs that i loved 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 all year long in the sec sec slate covering numbers in huge ways but this number between vermont and the razorbacks has already shortened a pretty substantial amount. It opened at six. It got to five and a half last night on this Monday morning on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Arkansas is only favored by five points right now. You want to talk about dominance. Vermont was 20 and 1 in the America East on their way to a conference tournament championship. Vermont was also 18 and 11 against the spread this year as a favorite. When you're a Cinderella booked as a favorite against your lesser opponent in your weaker mid-major conference, you are expected to win. And when you are covering numbers 18 of the 29 times, it means you are meeting expectation. The line has already started to move in favor of the Catamounts. I love what Vermont can do, at least in that opening game, In the West region. It gets a little bit more complicated after that, but I would not be shocked to see that 13 seed in Vermont matching up against the one seed Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 DRS.
2: It's great stuff. It really is, because when you take a look here at how you win, how about efficiency? Look at the effective field goal percentage. Third in the country on Ken Palm rating here for Vermont. It's also one of those teams that, when you and I talk about the tempo teams, it's very easy to go up and down the court and shoot a lot of three-point shots. Say, hey, if they don't fall, the other team can score as well. But when you are methodical in your approach, that's what gives teams problems here. We talk about it so much in the past, with like Loyola, Chicago. It's not the reason they're so talented. It's that every single time, Ben, down
1: the court, they get a great look. And if they make it, there's nothing you could do about it drs as we speak about mid-majors a game i want everybody to keep an eye on in that gauntlet of an east region unfortunate the two mid-majors are playing in the opening round of 64 but murray state who drs has been yeah. all over on their perfect run through the ohio valley conference taking on usf an at-large team out of the wcc a one in a half point spread for a great matchup of mid majors that will face off against each other to begin things in the NCAA tournament. We go back to the NFL because there's a ton to dissect up next.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Madness all around in the month of March in the sports world, right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. Alongside Donnie Wrightside for the opening hour of TMA on this Monday, I am Ben Stevens. So DRS, the selection show is playing out as we could all expect. The CBS crew got to it right away which we appreciate the bracket is laying out. We're seeing the one seeds. We're seeing the potential Cinderella upsets. And then about a half an hour later, after we have just a moment of time to dissect what was happening, Tom Brady says, (laughs) hope you guys had fun on selection Sunday. Now back to the NFL because Tom in a tweet shared out on his own saying that over the past two months, wasn't quite two months, but over the past two months, he had time to reconsider his desire or his decision to retire from the NFL, and he's not going to retire anymore. He is coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the 23rd NFL season. Tom Brady's birthday, DRS, is in early August. By the time we get to the 2022 NFL campaign, Tom Brady will be 45 years old. Yes, Tom Brady is back, DRS, which means what for the rest of the NFL?
2: I mean, you know, watch out. You're going to be on blast again. This is a ready-made Super Bowl team that heading into the All is like, we don't have a quarterback, and maybe we need to trade for Deshaun Watson this time. But by the way, but you bring up such a – 23 years in the NFL. I don't even know how to quantify that. And it's, it makes me laugh because I always like to say, like, hey, 1996 to 1999 were my exact years I played college football and Tom Brady played college football. Tom Brady is still playing football at this yeah. time. And by the time I was like 24 years old, I couldn't even run wreck basketball leagues because my knees were so out of shape. And so I can't, I can't believe how long he's been at this elite level. We're not talking about Ben a puncher or something in the NFL. This guy is a quarterback still at the top of his game in the MVP conversations. So to start that, that is remarkable. But I love the fact that he comes out. His path to victory here may be getting a little bit easier unless we find out what the Carolina Panthers do and also what the New Orleans Saints do. But let's just say they can't make a move for Deshaun Watson. Tom Brady's going to find himself as either a one or two seed in the NFC playoffs and making a run at another ring at this time when it looks like he was going to hang them up right off into the sunset, do whatever he wanted to do in five years or so we'll see in the Hall of Fame. But now he pushes that clock back even further. And good for him because the NFL is a better league when Tom Brady is in it for me, Ben.
1: DRS when quarterbacks of this stature Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson within the last couple of days make any kind of move the market also moves and reflects what that means not just for their specific team but maybe the rest of that conference or division or even the entirety of the NFL because after Tom Brady shared out that tweet on a selection Sunday night the market moved right away Tampa Bay was 22 to one to win next year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona. They shortly became plus 750, tied for the second-best odds alongside the Green Bay Packers. They are tied alongside the Green Bay Packers also in that NFC Championship market you see right there. Both Green Bay and Tampa Bay, plus 350. DRS, do you agree with that market move to make Tampa a co-favorite to win an NFC crown next year?
2: 100 percent i do now there's a couple you know factors that are going to slide in here we see kirk cousins headed back to minnesota i don't really think that's going to impact overall the odds for the green bay packers winning their division but the reason why we're bringing up the championship odds here for the nfc is because seating does matter now certainly i always like to preface by saying this The Green Bay Packers have had their playoff struggles. Aaron Rodgers only reached one Super Bowl, and it seems like it's been, you know, ages ago at this point. But half of the battle is getting home field advantage in a one-game playoff scenario, and also getting home field advantage now where only one team in each conference has a bye the clear pathway to victory still for the Green Bay Packers is probably the path of least resistance, which is playing at home in Lambeau Field and letting some of these other teams do battle and come to your home field. But the fact of the matter now is if we don't get movement, like I said, with the Carolina Panthers, a quarterback, and also with the New Orleans Saints, they're going to have an equal shot here to take down that number one spot. So if you're the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers feeling so good when Aaron Rodgers said, hey guys, I'm coming back to Green Bay and Let's get the band back together. Devontae Adams, let's make a run at this thing. Not necessarily to say, Ben, that they would win the Super Bowl, but I agreed with their line movement the same way I agree now that Tampa Bay is back in play, and it looks like they're by far the best team in their division. So we're headed for a
1: collision course between the Packers and the Bucks. And you think that line movement's a little bit weird, right? A 45-year-old quarterback that had retired, now he's back. Crazy. It's not. Tom Brady was still at the top of his game, finished second in the MVP voting only to Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady led the league in completions, attempts, passing yards, and passing touchdowns last year at the age of 44. Can he maintain that high level at the age of 45? Who are we to say no? Because he has continued to do that throughout the entirety of his 23-year nfl career now so it is absolutely ridiculous to see what tom brady is doing and drs i think you make a great point because again it's not just market movement on that individual franchise it how it affects the rest of the market when a quarterback of the magnitude of a tom brady decides he is staying in the nfl and in the nfc and with the tampa bay buccaneers because the nfc south was going to be a crap shoot maybe a dumpster fire if tom brady did indeed decide to retire but now it's the bucks division minus 220 for tampa to win this division which they did last year in the nfc south minus 220 for the green bay packers as well and in that nfc championship market you're right aaron Rodgers has to be thinking dang we almost had the easiest path to get to a Super Bowl. And I understand the Green Bay Packers were a number one seed in the NFC the past two years and didn't do anything with it, did not reach the promised land in true competition for a Lombardi Trophy. But they had the easiest path to do so. And this is not so much a shot on the reigning Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. They are going to be back as well. They will probably be a top three seed in the NFC. It's just the rest of the depth in the NFC still has so much uncertainty around it except those three teams at the top. Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Los Angeles, all within a dollar of each other. Tampa and Green Bay tied as the co-favorites at plus 350. And DRS, speaking of those Green Bay Packers, we got some news this morning around the NFL. The NFL Network's reporter, Ian Rappaport, saying that from what he understands, Devontae Adams has told the Packers he will not play this year under the franchise tag. He was tagged last week, Legally allowed to do so were the Green Bay Packers, but he is hoping for a long-term extension that, according to reports, the two sides seem very far off from those numbers. Does that concern you at all? Devontae Adams at this point in the middle of March saying he will not play next season under the franchise tag.
2: It doesn't really per se, because what were we waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come back to the Green Bay Packers? He's going to be the highest paid right. player of all time year to year. Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in football, and it's like, you know, getting out into the market at the right time. He's going to be the highest paid wide receiver of all time, and the Green Bay Packers know it. Now, they're still negotiating back and forth, but trust me on this, Ben. Aaron Rodgers is not coming back to Green Bay without assurances that no matter what happens, Devontae Adams is still going to be playing with him. And there's no way he talked with Devontae Adams, hey, you know what, I'm good with this franchise tag. They all knew they weren't good with that. So I do think a deal is going to be worked out. Is it one of those where it comes down to a day or four before training camp? Probably so. But there's no way Devontae Adams is A, sitting out, and B, Aaron Rodgers is going to play another season in Green Bay and agree to sign back with them, Ben, without having his wingman and his wingman happy on a big, big, brand-new
1: deal absolutely so DRS and again the Packers minus 220 to win the NFC North alongside the Bucks at minus 220 to win the NFC South the strongest odds the heaviest odds on favorites to win any division in any football across the entire league. In fact, three of the four divisions in the NFC feature an odds-on favorite, the Dallas Cowboys, minus 125 as well to win the NFC East. DRS mentioned the Minnesota Vikings at plus 380 to win the NFC North. They're bringing back Kirk Cousins with an extension for one year, $35 million, all fully guaranteed. Congratulations to Kirk for being very profitable during his time in the nfl at least from his own wallet and pocketbook so drs as we go around the nfl right now begins legally legal tampering period across the league we can expect a free agency frenzy at some point this week as well plenty more breaking news to come i'm sure throughout this week maybe the quarterback positions in the nfc get a little bit more filed out this week but in the other conference in the afc we saw a trade the Dallas Cowboys who I mentioned minus 125 to win their division trading Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns now Baker Mayfield gets a little bit of reassurance for Odell Beckham Jr. who is a member of the LA Rams and it seems Jarvis Landry is being allowed to engage in trade talks as well so Amari Cooper goes from Dallas to Cleveland DRS where the Browns find themselves at plus 350 to win their own division. I really like the move for the Cleveland Browns, but at the same time, I'm saying to myself, like, okay, you went out and make this move to get Amari
2: Cooper, and now you're going to let Jarvis Landry say, hey, go work out a trade at this point, and then you certainly don't have Opendale Beckham because you traded him. So, boy, it would have been nice to have that big three at wide receiver to see if Baker Mayfield had one last-ditch effort to be that franchise starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I like the move, but at the same time, I sometimes equate it to the things that happened in our past year, particularly the Philadelphia Phillies. Hey, guys, we got Roy Halladay, and then a press release five minutes after, but we traded Cliff Lee out to Seattle. Like, what are we doing here? Like, if you're going to sign a big-time wide receiver, give him another option, at least a dominant slot position, like Jarvis Landry. That is a talented football here with the Cleveland Browns, which I like the move, but I start to second-guess it and say, well – Are you going to get another wide receiver? Is there somebody else like an Allen Robinson as a free agent you're going to bring in? It'll be interesting to me to see what the Cleveland Browns
1: do, but I like it, and at the same time, like, I don't like it, Ben. I mean, the tide for the eighth-best odds is where the Cleveland Browns are right now in the AFC Championship market alongside the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots. Good luck to the AFC. I mean, we know the teams at the top and the teams at the top and the Buffalo Bills at plus 380 and the Chiefs at plus 450 and the Broncos, of course, making tremendous moves in this market as well. Now having Russell Wilson at plus 750. But if you're those teams like the Colts, like the Browns, like the Pats, all at 16 to 1. Tied for the eighth best odds right now, if we just were to format it based on the postseason picture we know in both conferences, they would be on the outside looking in from one of those wild card spots in the AFC. So we have seen a tremendous amount of trades in the past couple of weeks in the NFL. And free agency is on the horizon, DRS. We saw Khalil Mack go from the Chicago Bears to the L.A. Chargers. Amari Cooper now a Cleveland Brown. Of course, the blockbuster deal with Russell Wilson, now the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Carson Wentz from Indianapolis to Washington. DRS, what more can we expect in the coming days as free agency begins across the National Football League?
2: Now, I got to tell you, like, even though Deshaun Watson not a free agent, Ben, I talked about it with Kevin earlier today. I almost expect him to get traded this week, which is going to throw another damper on March Madness, saying, Who's the real March Madness? This is an NFL trade market and free agency or the actual basketball tournament here. But there's a lot more things that need to shake out. Also, if you are an odd jumper, what I mean by that is you can read the tea leaves about some teams about to improve themselves or make a deal, make that move happen sooner than later because half the battle when winning stuff here is getting the best prices. So, There's going to be a lot of fun stuff here and a lot of line movement in all markets across the
1: NFL this week. And we know there have been some teams linked to Deshaun Watson that have made aggressive moves on his front right now. New Orleans and Carolina, both teams in the NFC South. The Saints right now in that division, plus 450. The Panthers behind the Saints at plus 750. We shall see what Deshaun Watson has for his future in the NFL. He was not found guilty for any of the criminal charges of sexual misconduct this past week. So we'll see what that means for his future on the football field here moving up. Some other notable free agent signings, DRS. We had Michael Gallup staying with the Dallas Cowboys. They get rid of Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup stays at the star. Devin McCourty back for the New England Patriots. Zach Ertz signs on to be the tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. Plenty of these moves already happening and free agency beginning in just a few days with the legal tampering period about to be underway in the NFL as well. Round out our number one with Fade the public up next here on The Grid Rounding out our number one of the morning after on this Monday right here on the Spiz Grizz, otherwise known as the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. DRS Donnie Wrightside has been here for the entirety of this opening hour where we have gotten into the madness, both in the NCAA tournament and in the NFL. When Tom Brady announces he is coming back from a short retirement to return for his 23rd year in the NFL, yeah. That's madness. We want your thoughts on that subject matter right now in Fade the Public. So, Donnie, we have discussed how we feel about the Buccaneers' outlook for next year. We have discussed the market movement that has made the Bucs one of the co-favorites in the NFC and tied for the second-best price to win next year's Super Bowl alongside the Green Bay Packers. But how does the public feel where would the public rank Tampa Bay in their NFC power rankings? First, second, third, or fourth? And this poll result is Madness DRS, a pretty even split among the entirety of the public. The second best team in the NFC is the leader right now of this ongoing and active poll at Sports Grid TV on Twitter, just over 29%. So, DRS, are you fading the public, or do you think the Bucks are better or worse than that second spot in the NFC?
2: I got to tell you, it's pretty impressive here, this poll put out here, where it's a lot of yeah. differentiating opinions, but I have to say... I'm not fading the public here. I'm with the public. I'm in that 30th percentile right here, saying second. Mm. Now, can they be the best team? Yes. Can they be the fourth team? Yes. But if I'm looking just from a seeding standpoint of where I think the NFC plays out, the Bucks are the two seed. Congratulations, public. I'm on your side.
1: DRS, I agree with you. I agree with the public. I also voted for that second option. We need to not be so public come the end of this week, by the time mm. the NCAA tournament begins. DRS, myself, and old K-dubs, Kevin Walsh, mm. on in-game live, noon to three, both Thursday and Friday, as the opening round of the big dance gets underway. DRS, until then, have a wonderful week, my friend. See you, boys. Hour two of the morning after, up next.